Welcome back to From My Home to Yours. I'm Matt. I'm Bernadine. And this is episode six, the first official one from Ireland. On Irish soil. We're in an Irish room as well, which uh, may not be as well treated as the last rooms we've been recording in again, but uh, it's comfy. It is. It is. And we may have some country sounds, but hopefully it should be relatively quiet. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be grand. We also both have a cup of tea in hand. We do. We've got Australian tea, though. We're drinking dark chocolate and black tea, and it is delightful. We have been asked to reveal what teas we're drinking every episode. So this is the first episode that we can actually say this is the type of tea that we're drinking. So from every episode going forward, we're going to be letting you know what it is that we are imbibing, Hmm. alcoholic or not, tea-based or not. Well... As, as we decided last time, we're going to try and stick to tea, I think. <laughs> Unless it's a late night episode of the podcast, in which case anything could happen. Or in another six months when it's the depths of winter and we just need something a little bit more, uh, more warming. Absolutely. We could be going back to our mulled wine or something even more exciting, potentially. Yeah. So what kind of tea are we drinking? Dark chocolate and black tea from Tea Tonic, a Melbourne-based tea company, which we got the tea posted. We posted it over from Melbourne before we left and we also posted it with your granny's teapot, which we both of which we couldn't fit into our luggage. So we've mm-hmm. got a favourite teapot, a beautiful heirloom, which we very much enjoy looking after and our favourite tea brand as well. Yeah. Yay. Just a good way to transition into, into a new living space. We're bringing Melbourne to Ireland and we're bringing Ireland to Melbourne. Yes. <laughs> Now, we usually start out with the community shout outs, which we're getting more and more of at the moment, which is brilliant to see. Do you want to start off with a couple that you've you've seen? Absolutely. So first shout out is for our very dear friend, Nolene, who has requested two episodes a week. Uh, I did say to Nolene that that may not necessarily be possible, but we very much like the fact that she's enjoying it so much. She wants it twice every week. Uh, we also want to shout out um, my dear work friend, Susie, who's very supportive of us and of the podcast. We want to thank Laura in Peru, who is making our podcast a Peruvian favourite. <laughs> we have some <laughs> Peruvian listeners. Um, our dear friend, Lauren in England, who was actually listening to the podcast whilst walking her newborn baby in the pram. And she said it made her uh, very happy, but also a little bit poignant feelings of poignancy when she was listening to us as she was walking around her newborn. Mm. Our friend Fearkra, who shouted out about the podcast on Facebook, which we very much appreciate. Uh, My cousin Una, who sent us a lovely message um, of support. And my sister-in-law, Kate, who is a very loyal listener and who uh, has been very supportive of every episode, every single time one is released. So thank you, Kate. And you've usually got a a huge list, whereas I only have a couple, but there's some big ones, I think, some some people that aren't well known to us or maybe, but um, it's kind of came out of the woodwork with some specific messaging. Sylvia, that I used to work with, responded to us a couple of times via email, and she's got a similar journey that she revealed to us in that email, which was a big one, mm. that I think we're going to save for another episode. So Sylvia sent us a brilliant message over email about her journey moving from Australia to Dublin by way of America and then 
back to Melbourne again, not being too sure about the move mm -hmm. and uh, some certain things making her feel a little bit more secure about the move and some things happening. And really the, the general TLDR of her message seemed to be that there's those moments that don't feel right, but then there's one thing that does make it feel right. Mm -hmm. It's too hard to squeeze into one small shout out, but importantly, Sylvia, really, really appreciative that you continue to listen. Um, and Maria and Dimitri, which are the parents of a couple of my friends from high school, uh, they have made their sentiments known quite strongly, fortunately for us, over brunch before <laughs> we left Australia. And really, we just want to show the appreciation that they've shown us as well. Like they've been incredibly kind over the last, well, couple of years of knowing you really, and kind to me over the last decade now, I guess, but who's counting? <laughs> but yeah, they, they've been really great supporters and hopefully we'll have a chance to see them in Greece in the next couple of months as well. We've also got Catherine who made herself known in Irish expats group on Facebook saying that she loved the episode that she listened to at the time and did hope that we had a backlog rolling so we wouldn't feel too pressured to create more episodes, which we kind of have done, although this is the first episode we've recorded over here. So yeah, we'll have to see how we go with that, but you know, we're getting there. So, but thank you for the support, Catherine. It's, it's really great to see. And we've got Carol as well, who messaged us on Instagram, again, talking about her journey from, I think it was from Ireland to Australia. And yeah, just commiserating with our story a little bit. And it's really nice to get those messages from you. So if you're listening to this and you'd like to get in touch with us on Instagram and even just send a direct message to find out a little bit more about us and, you know, if you've got any questions, yeah. FMHTY podcast on Instagram, or you can message us by email, fmhtypodcast at gmail.com. Get in touch. Yeah. It'd be great to hear from you. Woohoo. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what would you like to talk about first? Well, there's been a lot that's happened between now and our last episode, Matt. A lot of things have been ticked off the list and a lot of things have been done since we got this side. But there's a few things that happened in Australia before we left that we haven't had a chance to necessarily just uh, finish, finish up chatting about. So how was finishing up work for you? Uh, for me, it was uh, relatively easy. I mean, it was a big lead up to the point where I was going to be leaving work. And I think on a previous episode, I talked about having a farewell lunch already mm -hmm. and all that stuff being done. So realistically for me, it was just handing some stuff over and making sure that the incumbent knew what they were up to. So that was all done. And realistically, there wasn't too much more to do after that. So yeah, at this stage, I haven't been contacted about anything specific. Uh, my leave has now been approved. So, yeah, everything's in, in hand there. And you were feeling okay about leaving as you were going, knowing that it is for a year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, was, never, I was never unsure about leaving, mm -hmm. leaving the job. It is going to be what it is. I'm more, I'm more curious to see what kind of job I end up with on this side of things. Yeah. I mean, that workspace for you is very easy. Because mm. you've already secured your job. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas we've been here for seven to 10 days already. I think I've applied for at least one or two jobs every other day of that and haven't heard back yet. But, you know, these things take time. 
this is true. We've got Irish time and then we've got the rest of the world's time and Irish time can be considerably slower in some ways. Um, but I mean, you're doing absolutely everything you can, Matt. So I think, you know, it's it will come together, but it can be it can be a bit anxiety inducing when you're hoping to get a response or you're just waiting for some kind of acknowledgement even. But it, you know, it will it will come. It will come. And we are mm. we are literally only 10 days on the ground. So you know, you're doing a lot of hard work in a very short space of time and, it, you know, it is going to be recognised ultimately. Yeah. Well, getting a job would be great, but as we've talked about quietly between ourselves as well, it's a good time to ha- take a break too. Absolutely. And it's so important to do that because you don't get this time again. It's just once you get here, there's a lot to do, but there's if there's an opportunity to just take a breather, it's important to do it. Mm. And on the job front as well, We've had a chance to visit the town we'll be living in and the workplace that you'll be working at. Exactly. Which was very nice. It was fabulous. And they were very kind, very welcoming, very excited. Mm. And it was just lovely to have the opportunity to meet these people in person that I had met virtually and to sign the contract and to know that that's in place now is, well, it gives us uh, a place to be definitely living in and a situation to work towards, which is brilliant. Well, it's it means that you've definitely got that holiday period leading up to to the school year as well. Yeah, which is great. Which I know I'm very lucky to have because there's so many jobs that obviously that doesn't exist in. So yeah, to know that there's you know another couple of weeks before it gets into the school year and I have time to kind of get my head around what I'd be teaching and just even the Irish system again. Obviously, I have taught in the Irish system before, but just to get a chance to reacquaint myself with that is it's really good. Mm. So yeah, that was a big positive milestone to have reached in the last 10 days since we've come back here. Mm. So what about your feelings, Matt, as we were getting ready to leave Australia? How do you think, with the benefit of a couple of days distance, I guess, between it, how how were those final few days in your home country for you? Oh, to me, they were fine. I got a bit... If you'd listened to our previous episode, you might have heard that I got a little bit teary towards the end, but that's what happens when you leave a country and you're dealing with your feelings appropriately, I'd say. Mm. Um, but it wasn't sad having gone. Well, it was a bit sad in the, in the act of leaving, but uh, now that we're here and once we got the bags in the check-in at the airport and did all the, the things that we needed to tick off, mm. I think it was a pretty relaxing ride after that point. Yeah, it was, I think, yeah, that lead up and obviously you're weighing the bags, reweighing the bags, checking, double checking, all of that is stressful, you know, and then once you get them actually on that conveyor belt and they're gone away from you, it's quite a nice feeling to just go, okay, phew, that's done. But importantly, that was like the, the pressure of leaving your parents and the people that you've, you've been hanging around with for quite a while is something very unique. I think I even remarked that to you upon leaving because often when we've come back from Ireland back to Melbourne after being on holiday, there's like a there's a tension and there's a pressure there that you feel in the lead up to the time of going. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem to matter whether you've got things to do before leaving and making that farewell or whether you don't, the feeling seems to be the same. Yeah. And I didn't admonish it, but I kind of, I think I said to you that we shouldn't stay up until 2am to let your parents drop us off at the bus again. Mm. 
because that feeling is really overwhelming mm. and tough to suffer through. I think mm. the the suffering being emotional suffering, not anything particularly hard wearing, but you know it puts pressure on you as the lever. People departing each other and not knowing when the next opportunity would be, and I didn't think we'd get that upon leaving, but I did feel that upon leaving leaving my parents' place. Just the pressure, not mm. the extra stuff of of feeling that emotional detachment, but you know, you can't avoid the the moment or the moments before where you feel the pressure of the move. Yeah, you know? yeah. And there's also a lot of thoughts that go through your mind, like you know, when will we see each other again, and how will I be, and how will they be, and you know, there's a lot of thinking like that that naturally comes with that departure as well. I think it's less that it's more. The anticipation of going, and the closer you get to it, the more it feels imminent. And as much as you don't want it to happen, or you do want it to happen, but it's not happening yet, and then knowing what you'll do when you have to have to leave, and particularly when you pack, you know, collectively a hundred kilos of luggage, and you can't bring your mother with you to the airport because of that. Because of that, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, it adds a an extra layer to things. So yeah. that was an interesting revelation upon leaving. That pressure, that emotional pressure is unavoidable. Yeah. Doesn't matter which side you go from, there's still that. There's always, well, I always felt, not necessarily, I'm not putting words into your mouth, but I always feel whenever I've left here, doesn't matter if we were home for a short time or a longer time, you start to pull away about three days before you go because you have to mentally and emotionally to be able to cope. Mm. But I always feel like quite sick to my stomach, like unable to really eat and just kind of a bit jittery, I suppose, in general Mm. until that goodbye is done. And then you can kind of, it's almost like your, your stomach stops clenching and you just think, okay, well, that anticipate, anticipatory (laughs) emotion can now dissipate because it's done. I've done it. Mm. Mm. But it was hard. Well, look, it always will be hard, Mm. I think. I think this time we had the luxury of packing up our lives as a distraction yeah, and having very few days of idle time to play with, even though it was fairly relaxing being at my parents towards the end of that time there. And I think that would be a message to anyone who is thinking about leaving like we have and separating from a life that you've known forever, that if even if you don't feel like you're going to hit that, you probably will. And if you don't expect you will at the time, you probably will afterwards. So it might be best to to just let those feelings wash over you a little bit and feel them. Yeah. Feel the feelings. Yeah, so true. And and you have to let, like, if you want to cry, cry in the moment if you can, or if you want to scream, scream in the moment if you can, or whatever, whatever needs to come out at that specific time. Because obviously there's still going to be waves of emotion that come across you, you know, throughout your time here. And I think having to say goodbye to your mom at the house because she couldn't come to the airport because of the amount of luggage that we had was preempting a lot of emotion early. But also, I think for both of you, I mean, I was bawling, obviously, but then I'd cry like I'd cry if I was saying goodbye to your mom just for a week. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, But I think that almost made the journey to the airport ultimately 
a little bit easier because that major goodbye had been said and then it was goodbye to one of your parents, not both of your parents at yeah. the airport itself. Yeah. Well, that's always going to make the emotional burden a bit less taxing. Yeah. But yeah. So that was, that was a bit interesting. Mm. But then when we got to the airport, kind of just practicalities overtook and... And then we also had quite a funny experience because we checked in to the flight and we were trying to get rid of our trolley that we had. And I saw two very familiar people and then a third very familiar person. I went, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so uh, three of my former students, which was then followed by many, many more, um, were going on a family holiday as a collective group of 14 to Italy. And they all were on our flight <laughs> from Melbourne to Doha. And so it ended up going from, oh gosh, this is quite sad. This is quite emotional to, oh, miss, oh, miss. Um, mm. And it was actually, it was actually a great distraction because we bumped into them numerous times between the luggage area and then actually getting onto the plane itself. So that was kind of a bit of fun and a bit of lightness to follow up what had been a very heavy experience, obviously. And some of that, um, serendipity that you'll often get as a teacher. Yeah, exactly. You really can't avoid it. No, you can't. And they've all graduated. They're all like following their lives and, and busy, but it was just quite, quite funny when, because they didn't know, obviously, that I was moving to Ireland or that we were moving to Ireland and they were like, oh my gosh, you're gone, miss, you're gone. And yeah, so it was, it was, a, it was kind of, it was funny and it was, you know, a, a nice, easy interaction with just lovely people. So it was quite nice. Hmm. But how did you find the whole experience, Matt, of getting from Melbourne to here? How was the journey? How was all of that? Uh, well, I mean, it was a plane ride. We've both experienced them the same way. I but think you experience it differently because you're over a foot taller than I am, Matt. <laughs> I think you actually yeah. experience plane rides very differently to me. Look, when I say it's the same as every other time, it's the same as every other time for me. Actually, the, the, the airline we used... Well, you would have heard it in the last one, in the last episode. Qatar is who we flew with. Their seats have actually been pretty all right. Um, generally, it hasn't been too much of a problem, as long as I've been able to get an aisle seat where I can stretch my legs out if I need to. But yeah, it, it's never an ideal circumstance to be in economy or even premium economy and, and have to deal with the unusual thing about leg space. Mm. Being highly sedentary in my job, for the most part, means that I kind of had to deal with like stuff a little bit more, mm. but look, I think the flight was all right. It was 14 hours for the first leg in economy and um, it was largely uneventful. I don't yeah. think there was a lot that happened. We didn't sleep a huge amount, but at the same time it passed relatively quickly and we watched a few things and listened to a few things and then just got off the plane and mm. got into it's business, it's business time. You know what time it is, you know what's business time. So how was business class, Matthew? Well, I rather enjoyed it. I think it was a... <laughs> I rather enjoyed it. Yeah. I'd love if you'd said, no, I actually hated it. I actually would much prefer economy class forever. No business for me ever again. <laughs> well, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you thought of business class? I think I've been leading this episode a little bit. I absolutely adored every single second of the business class experience. And I'm telling you now, Matthew, if I hadn't have married you before, I would have married you again because that idea that you had for us to do that was was genius. It was beyond genius. 
I think the air hostesses had probably never seen a person as excited as me for every single thing that they did. Every time they brought something out, I was like, I was so excited. And like when they brought out a candle with the dinner, I was flipping out. It was so funny. I'd say she was just wondering, why is this person just literally uncontainable with excitement? Mm. It was it was gorgeous from start to finish. And I know we're very privileged to have had the experience of doing it. And we did spend a bit of extra money on it. And look, at I think we ultimately, you know, it was a treat. Like we very much considered it a treat and we were very, very, very grateful of the opportunity to do it. But I was honestly, I felt like Elf in the movie Elf. I was like, oh my God, that's Santa. I know him. I was so excited. And, you know, we got the little diptyque um, leather wash bag and we got a, a set of lounge clothes and they asked what drink I wanted and I asked for pink gin and uh, they gave us like a, what was it, pineapple and mint and something, some juice at the start. That was the, the signature oh. signature drink of some kind. Yeah, It was delicious and then we got hot face cloths and I I mean, I'm not a very tall person. I mean, I'm, I'm not like ridiculously small, but I'm not a very tall person. So I was able to like lie out flat. I did not want to sleep. I thought it was wasted time. We didn't sleep a lot in the first flight, so I allowed myself to sleep for an hour and 15 minutes on business class. And then I, I forced my eyes open. And even though I didn't want to be awake because I desperately wanted to sleep, I was like, it is wasted time. Do not waste this time. And it was just fantastic. I loved every single second of it and it felt like a big treat. Well, I think I appreciated it too much. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure the attendants knew exactly what to do with me when I was making considerations for them. Like, um, I think you, you were pretty comfortable with asking for what you wanted and it just being what it was. Peering. Yeah. But they were offering me the loungewear in a particular size and I said, oh, don't worry about it. And they didn't quite know what to do with that. <laughs> I could see yeah. the poor person's face. They were just like, oh, no, no, no he, has to, he, has to, he has to take it. I can't take it back. And it was, yeah. I was like, Matt, you can take it. And you were like, oh, okay. All right. I'll take it then. <laughs> it was yeah, quite funny. Look, it's, it's a different kind of experience than... Then being in a position where you might be putting somebody out because they've had to deal with, you know, a hundred odd people across eight hours or 14 hours or something like that, where this time we had probably four or five people yeah. to deal with in hours, probably like 11 or 12 people. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't a full, a full book no. of people in that business class section. And um, yeah, I probably didn't take as much advantage of it as I I really should have. I was kind of reluctant to go into full full relaxation, luxury privilege mode and ask for well actually the the one thing that I did ask for was a repeat of the meal that I got, which they had run out of, which also makes sense and was a little bit unfortunate, but oh well. It was a good experience though. It was such a good experience. At one point I was awake and the the lovely person who was taking care of me came over and said, Would you like anything? And I said, I'd love a cup of tea. And she was like, what kind of tea would you like? And I said, Earl Grey tea with milk, please. Because that's my usual go-to. And it came out in a china mug. And then she said, would you like chocolate or a biscuit or anything? And I'm gluten-free. So I was like, okay, well, um, do you have anything gluten-free? And she was like, oh no, I'm so sorry. But she said, we have bags of chips. And I was like, yep, chips, I want them. <laughs> so I had two <laughs> bags of crisps 
and an Earl Grey tea and she kept saying chocolate and I was like no 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 crisps crisps thank you very much I love crisps and I think she was utterly bewildered by like me at four in the morning <laughs> having and then I had a second cup of tea I just it was glorious it was so good and it was such a great way to arrive into Ireland because the plane landed we were mm-hmm. the first people off the plane we were the only people in passport control yep. and then we were the first people at the um, conveyor belt for the luggage it was incredible. And our luggage came out in the first five minutes of revolutions of luggage as well. Which was incredible. We just literally mm. went from no bags to four bags in, and then our two carry-ons in a matter of seconds. Yeah. I think we got from the plane to outside where we were to be picked up in 20 minutes. Well, probably less. Yeah. I'd say it was less. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Part of the reason that this stuff is so significant is that we were anticipating getting to passport control because that was going to be the location where we'd have to get the particular stamp yeah. that we'd need in my passport in order to enact the visa requirements that I have as it was the stamp for yeah. that I need as a spouse of an Irish citizen. Yeah. And we were anticipating that to be difficult, but when you're at the front of the line and there's no pressure behind you and you've got your documents ready and passports ready and all that jazz, it's, it was fairly simple. Straightforward. And the person who dealt with us was sort of like, ah, yeah, no problem. Like, clearly it's something that they have to do very, very regularly now. Because it was, I think when the two of us stepped up together, she was sort of like, can one of you step back? And then she realised, oh, this is why you've both stepped up together. Yep, no problem. All done. Yeah. It's fantastic. And then after that, getting to the luggage carousel was, you know, the bit that we were gearing up for to Mm -hmm. take a long time because it usually does. Yeah. Well, last time it did over an hour. Yes. Mm. But last time, even though we were with the Privilege Program at that time, I think our luggage had been marked as business class because it was just a single leg of both flights. And that may have had some added priority to it as part of that. So we got it very quickly. And for the first time ever, I think we beat your mother to the airport coming out of of customs and getting ready to get picked up. Yeah, because poor, poor mom got caught in a line of traffic, even though she'd left where we're from like two hours before to be in plenty of time. There was a bloody line of traffic. God help her. She was devastated not to be there, but it was perfect. We we mm-hmm. had enough time to, you know, get ourselves together. And so it was great. It was everything just worked out beautifully. And I think more importantly, like I, I got a bit of sleep on the 14 hour, like the first one in economy. But even though we had very little sleep, and we arrived at 6.30 in the morning, we still managed to power through the rest of that day until like, I think, seven or eight o'clock in the evening. Yeah, I think, we we, I think we went to sleep at half eight or nine p.m. that night. Yeah. Yeah. But that would have meant, including the seven to eight hour flight travel time from that day, that we were probably running for more than 24 hours, but we were able to sustain it. Yeah. And it could very well have been because we had business class yeah. in the way that we had it. Yeah, I think that just sort of, I, because I think obviously adrenaline was pumping, not just that day, but for weeks in advance. And I think for some reason, that business class experience, it just kind of, well, I certainly felt it just brought me right down. I just could feel myself relaxing with each passing minute. And mm. then we we exited the plane quite just together. I felt like I was quite relaxed. I was quite calm, which just helped smooth the road for the day. It also meant that on the way home from the airport, 
we had the ability to stop into two cafes and still have energy <laughs> to enjoy. So we yeah. were able to kind of that first day here, it was actually a very enjoyable day. It wasn't a, oh my gosh, I'm quite like, I'm a bit exhausted, I'm a bit cranky, I'm a bit everything. We mm. were just, we were in good form, I would say, on that day. Mm. But it wasn't just the full relaxation mode. I think it specifically was business class where where you're not shoulder to shoulder with, you know, 10 other people around you, that you have that space to decompress and it's a little mm. bit different from what you usually expect flying into a country. You just got that space to do your own thing, yeah. I guess. Like physical and mental space as mm. well, which was very, very good. Yeah, it was, it was well worth it. You were a genius, Matthew. Well, it's about seizing life's big opportunities as they come to you. Even if it's battery powered. But yeah, well, they were battery powered on the flight. They weren't actual weren't lit exploding. candles. We probably should have said that. <laughs> and mine was a bit broken. I had to tap it a few times to oh, no. make it light. That's okay. Oh, Bob, I didn't realize that. Well, you've got a lit candle. I had to light my candle, my LED candle. <laughs> they lit my candle, man. But yeah, but ultimately, if you can do that for business class and pay a fraction of the cost to upgrade, then it's, it's ideal. But we had no opportunity to request an upgrade up to that point. So yeah. uh, the lesson there definitely is if you get given the opportunity and it's within your means, take it. It's well worth it. And it may never happen again, but we're bloody glad we did it this time. And Qatar Airways, if you're looking for to sponsor a podcast, oh. they'd be much more willing to to ingratiate ourselves into your into your custom. We will continue to sing your praises, Qatar Airways. Continue. We are definitely singing them now, but we will continue to should you want to get on board. And you can fly people from their home to yours. Ours. Theirs. From, from our home to theirs. From a home to another home, <laughs> we'll make it work. We'll we'll figure it out. It's all it's all in the in the in the pipeline. It's all yeah. going to happen. <laughs> Get in touch. <laughs> so Matt, we have done a hell of a lot of stuff since we've arrived in Ireland ten days ago, and there's a lot of things that we've got in hand. But there's also obviously quite a few things that still need to be organised, which is perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. But what are some of the things that you're very glad to have, kind of? ticked off the list since we've gotten here? Well, some of the big stuff for me, obviously getting the visa ticked off because you you got in touch with a Garda station before we left Melbourne. Yeah. We were able to organise an appointment for that very quickly. So that's been signed off and we've got two years before that has to be renewed. Yeah. Which is brilliant. Uh, something that I did, the beginning process of was getting my bank account sorted. I did say it was in the progress of being proved, but it took much longer than it probably should have. In that sense, I reckon you probably could do it from the country without having to set it up in advance. But that all that stuff should be in hand now where the account's been set up, the online banking is set up, and my card should be arriving shortly as well. So all, all the banking stuff, now it's just about getting some money into it, which is a good thing. The big thing that we ticked off not, not an hour before the recording of this podcast <laughs> yeah is the insurance and the purchase of the car that we're going to have while we're while we're living here which is major like that's something we've been working on for a very long time but we finally got it in place just literally like Matt said just within the, the afternoon of us recording yeah and the the biggest the biggest hurdle for it isn't that we couldn't get it 
it's optimizing the price of what it could be. And I think we, we've talked about Healy insurances already, working with Mary to try and get that, that stuff in place. Um, because we had all the information we needed to execute on it, for me, it was just a matter of canceling my insurance in Australia and then getting the recognition for no claims on that insurance and being able to show that evidentially for the, the new insurance for Healy insurances in order to execute on the insurance we need here. Um, because having that history of insurance helps relieve some of the costs, which can be exorbitant for vehicles that you, you purchase over here. Um, so all of that was locked in a day ago. Took a few tries to get it done just because they've run off their feet and um, I was insured with a few companies. So it took getting that information from a few companies to lock it in place. Also, Irish insurance being incredibly different just meant that it was kind of lost in translation a little bit with what we needed. But yeah, so insurance is locked in. We've purchased the car, which we checked out from, from the garage that we had purchased it through with your mother. And it's a great car. We're going to be having a great time with it, I think. The last thing is the tax, and then we'll be able to drive it off the lot and get a bit of our independence back. Yeah, so good. And everyone at every stage of the process has been fantastic. Like the man mm. who owns the garage, he's been incredibly patient because he's waited about two months now for us to be able to buy it. Like it's, it was kind of held for us with yep. a little, little payment of money. It was just held in place and, and he's been wonderful. Obviously, my mom took a look at it. My dad took a look at it with you the other day. Um, Mary from Healy's is just like, we genuinely cannot say enough good things about that person. She is mm -hmm. extraordinary and the work that she does is incredible. And she's so nice to every person she talks to and she's so patient and she, yeah, they're just a wonderful company to deal with. And it's not just Mary, it's everybody, but Mary's the one that obviously we've been in touch with quite frequently because she deals with people who, who have come back to Ireland, generally speaking. Um, yeah. And so all of that was just excellent. And it's, it is, like you said, it is that little bit more independence. You mm. were insured on my mom's car when we first got here, but she had a few days off at that stage. Now she's back to work. So we've just had a few days in, in my family home just to get a few things done, but it will be nice to have the opportunity, especially because we're in the countryside. You kind of need a car to be able to get places. So once we have that, we can kind of settle more, I feel, into the life that we can have here. Well, we can make our own routine yeah. and we're not locked down to the compound for any Family great lengths of time, <laughs> just in case we need to, you know, go to the gym or we want to go and have lunch just ourselves without, without anyone else present. Yeah. Not that we'd want that necessarily, no, but, but yeah, it's just that normality, I guess, to a certain extent really, isn't it? If we want to do a thing, we can go and do that thing. And another thing which has happened in the past number of days is that I passed my driver's theory test. Well done. Thank you. Thank you very much. It was an interesting process, um, but I, yeah, I basically just kind of got my head down and stuck into studying the book and doing the online tests for about a week before I had the test itself. And I booked that test in from Australia three months ago and the earliest test I could get was this week. So mm. this is a tip for anybody who's anywhere outside of Ireland who might need to do a driver's theory test. It depends on where you're coming from. Sometimes people who come from a country outside of Ireland back to Ireland and already have a full license in the country they're in, but sometimes you have to start from the start again. 
I'm starting from the start because I've never, ever, ever held a driver li- driver's license in any country. And I, in fact, do not know how to drive. So I'm starting from the very beginning. Um, so I was doing my driver's theory test from the for the very first time. But it does take about three months to get an open window for that test. So just something to be aware of. Try to get that locked in if you can. Um, and look, at, there's a bit of work in it. Uh, Matt will tell you, I really did not know how it was going to go. I had done practice tests and I'd done OK. I had done practice tests and I hadn't done OK. And uh, the day itself was un- unbelievably officious to the point of rudeness. Um, just be prepared when you're going for a driver's theory test that you could potentially be treated as if you have broken the law. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, like I've had a number of visas for different places in the world and uh, and I've got my citizenship for Australia and I've never been treated like this in any situation I've been in. It was just over mm. the top. But anyway, I went in, did the test, having been body scanned, photographed and had my ears checked to make sure I had no Bluetooth devices in it. I couldn't even have a tissue um, because I could have something written on it. Like crazy, stupid, over the top, ridiculous. But anyway, it was what it was. But just to warn people, that's what you can expect. But anyway, I've got it. And next step is to get some driving lessons Hmm. and actually get on the road. But it should be mentioned as well, you did a lot of study for that test, which you always do. (laughs) <laughs> and I would have been convinced that that you would have been able to do it without as much study as you did, but you want that confidence to be able to do it. And to be fair to you as well, some of the, the questions asked as part of that test are incredibly specific and not very intuitive, uh, particularly a lot of the, the road signals and hand signals and very Irish-specific kind of um, road stuff. So mm. coming from Melbourne, for example, the Australian road rules tend to make sense in Mm -hmm. the context of each other a little bit. And from when I did it, there wasn't a component that required you to understand police hand signals for traffic management, uh, at least in a memory-based capacity, but uh, you did. So that that would be the main thing to to watch out for, that if you've got a good memory, then you're probably going to do all right on something like this. Yeah, I, I was I was aware that if I didn't pass it this time, there was going to be a significant wait for the next one, considering there was a three month wait for this one. And I just mm. wanted to get it and get it done. So I was very I was very relieved to have passed it. And um, yeah, it I did. I did study. I did treat it like it was an exam for a university or mm. my leave insert or something like that. But at the same time, I, it was just purely because I thought, well, it's it's a time thing. I just need to make sure I'm using my time and that I'm not um, like holding us up because I'm very aware that you're the one who has always had to do all the driving. And, you know, if, if I can start to pull my weight while we're here, I know you'll have to be with me in the car because obviously until I have my full license, that's not going to be possible for me to drive by myself. But at the same time, I'd like to I'd like to start taking some responsibility for that element of our of our relationship. Yeah, but I never mind driving you anywhere. And and I think because we've had nothing big on our plate to do, it's left a lot of room for you to do that study anyway. Big time. If you were, had a job, you probably wouldn't have done as much as you did. No. And I, I felt like I needed every minute of it. Like, But it was yeah. just one week of quite intense like work on it. I just spent a couple of hours every day going through the book and doing the online tests. But anyway, we've yeah. got it. So that's really good. Locked in. Locked in. A lot of car news. A lot of car news. A lot of car news. But at the same time, it's probably what 
anybody coming will need to deal with because in order to get places, particularly if you live in country Ireland, public transport's not hugely plentiful in Ireland in country areas or even in some kind of well-known towns. It's not amazing either. So just to have the opportunity to be able to get from A to B quite easily is is helpful. You definitely don't want to underestimate coming from a city that might have a lot of available public transport and coming to Ireland that availability isn't as large as you'd expect. Absolutely. So Matt, we're 10 days in. How do you feel about life in Ireland 10 days in? I feel great. It's Irish summer, the height of the heat wave, and it's raining and cold. It's my (laughs) cup of tea. Yeah, well, we've had some incredibly hot days. Mm -hmm. And then we've had... We've had thunder and lightning. We've had horrific torrential rain while you were trying to drive on unknown roads, which was pretty hard. Yeah, that was a that was a bit of a mystery, but um, it was on and off. And you caught a picture of a sick rainbow. Yeah, so. it was a lovely rainbow actually as we were driving along. Hmm. Uh, we've both had some challenges with pollen. Yes. Well, my first day with with the hay fever was pretty rough, mm-hmm. but I think I've bounced back pretty well since then. I haven't really had much of it since. You've done pretty good. Whereas for me, it seems to come and go and I, I don't mm. have hay fever. So, but I was starting to get a touch of it last summer in, in Melbourne. So I don't know, is it hay fever or is it just kind of reacclimatizing? I'm not really sure. But anyway, um, between might the two be, of us. Might just be a bit of genetic proximity. Very true. Yes. Um, my granny did say that all the people in our family tended to sneeze an awful lot. So I've been living up to that routine in the past couple of days. There's been an opportunity as well whilst we've been here to reacquaint ourselves or to acquaint ourselves with some Irish TV shows. So we've Mm. been taking advantage of the RTE player, which is absolutely fantastic. And the box sets that are available there, I was like, this is amazing. I think the the Australian equivalent would almost be SBS on demand. Exactly. But not just small limited runs of TV shows, like just full-blown actual box sets of TV and from 20 years ago. Totally. They've got historic stuff, they've got recent stuff and not just Irish, like international things as well. They've actually Mm. got Colin from Accounts from Australia is on there too, which we've already watched, but that was very good. And the Royal Flying Doctor Service, they love their Australian shows in Ireland because there's so many Irish connections to Australia as well. Yeah. But we've watched season two of Kin, having already watched season one, and we've mm-hmm. watched all of Pure Mule. And uh, I feel like that's sort of helped you get into the Irish vibe. Not that you weren't, but it's kind of, you've gone from like drug fueled family situations and Kin to <laughs> alcohol fueled romps in small towns pre, pre-economic crisis. <laughs> But it's been really enjoyable. And like even for me as well to kind of reacquaint myself with Pure Mule because I loved that show. But Kin is just brilliant. Like Kin, anybody could watch Kin and enjoy it anywhere in the world. Pure Mm. Mule might be more Irish based potentially. But yeah, that's been really good. Well, our usual go to for relatable Irish television. Innovative, relatable Irish television is Love Hate. Oh, awesome. Which started... A year or two before we got together. Correct. So it was yeah. around 2010, yeah. 2011. Yeah, you're right, Matt. Yeah, I think it was 2010. Yeah. Yeah. And After that, I'd left. Yes. Yeah. That was a, a limited run, I think, for about five seasons. Three seasons, Matt, I think was all it did. Was it only three? I think it was only three. There you go. Yeah. Um, very short amount of episodes, but 
much like the popular Australian TV shows, you'll see a full gamut of Irish actors in there that are either of high repute Mm -hmm. at the time or have gone on to bigger and better things. Mm. And um, that was very enjoyable for the same same reason. Yeah. But I think Kin might be our new go-to for Irish television to acquaint people with it, despite, you know, both of them being high crime. Drug fueled. Drug peddling, high violence. People killing each other from rival drug fuel gangs. Strong Dublin accents. Strong Dublin accents. And just just like, yeah, it's the underhandedness and yeah, it's it's quite it's quite funny in terms of its intensity. Um, but it's also like it's just it's enjoyable in the characters are just so full on but brilliant and the actors acting is amazing in it. And there's one there's one actor in common between Love Hate and Kin, which is quite interesting, and he's also in Game of Thrones, so he's his career. Mm. I mean, his career has been huge for ever, but yeah, it's been pretty good. Yeah, well, there's actually two from Game of Thrones. The newest character in season oh, two, you're right, was an actor in a, the first two seasons of Game of Thrones. But anyway, yeah, distinction without a difference. Point <laughs> is that they come from high pedigree, yeah, acting backgrounds, which lends its well self well to a good TV show. And we really enjoyed it. And if you're not familiar with Irish accents, I'd probably suggest putting the subtitles on. Very much so. It's nearly like when you watch Derry Girls for the first time. I I had to watch it with the subtitles on and that was me as an Irish person watching it. Yeah, that was one of the few shows that I did better on than you. You did incredibly well. Yeah, and Love Hate. You did much better than I did. And I was like, how is this Australian boy getting all of this and I'm not getting all of this? Yeah. But we could talk about TV shows a lot. Yeah, we could. So, Matt, you made a very interesting, witty, wry observation the other day about how we are getting ourselves set up in Ireland. And it was so good, I had to take note of it. So, can you please reveal what it was that you said? (laughs) The quote was, we're planting roots now, but we've had little succulents for ages. (laughs) I love it. This this is obviously a reference to your penchant for taking care of succulents. Love them. As a a piece of plant life, it's pretty resilient. But I think what we were talking about at the time was catching up between ourselves how easy it was or how hard it was to get used to being here. Yeah. But the, the thought I had when I said that thing was that, that this isn't the first time being here, that it's a massive, uh, massive ordeal, mostly because we're staying in the place we've usually stayed yeah. anytime we've been here for a holiday, which is countless times over the last 10 years. The idea that we're planting fresh roots in new ground is not entirely accurate because we've met people here, we've talked to your friends, we've got established relationships and I guess practices like eating sausages all the time generally, which is something we- Put a sausage in your mouth, would you? We're having to (laughs) cut back on the sausages in the mouth because- they're not necessarily the best for you. And no, they're probably not. The, they're not a health food. Let's just say not a health food. They're, they're definitely a luxury food, but definitely not one if you want to maintain your current weight. So, um, yeah, not a habit to start with. But yeah. there's a lot of things that we're doing now that we've historically done in the short amount of time we've we've normally had while we've been here. Yeah, and so you know we haven't been planting new things and figuring out new routines. We've just picked up and moved the succulents we already have in place and starting to add, soil. 
add some new ones. Yeah. yeah. I think that's a really good way to think about it, Matt. I think that's a really good note to end this episode on. Mm. I've been Matt. I've been Bernadine. Make sure you light the f***ing candle. And have a lovely cup of tea while you listen to this episode. Slauncha, everyone. Slauncha. Hug your succulents. And then maybe hug your husband if you have one. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Take care, everyone. Bye. Bye.